Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and on this show, I interview badass real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing sphere. And I am super excited to have with me Melissa Johnson, who has been crushing it in a lot of areas of real estate, especially flipping. She has She's been flipping houses in San Antonio, Texas since 2003 and has done over one thousand house flips which is incredible so anybody interested in flipping pay close attention she knows what she's doing she also has built a portfolio of rental properties and real estate notes she wholesales to all of this while raising five children she provides coaching support education for other high-level real estate investors nationwide and she's the co-founder of the san antonio invest her meetup group and an active member of the forbes council on real estate is the National Association of Women Business Owners. I love her. In the, she has a heart to help other women. We share that mission. She's a soul sister. She's dedicated to the success and empowerment of women in real estate and in business. And I'm thrilled to have her. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. So you have been in the game since 2003. How did you get started in real estate investing? quick story was working at a cubicle job you know pretty boring stuff yeah i like the people that i worked with but it was very corporate you know very we work for a defense contractor i work for a defense contractor and the person i was dating at the time who i later ended up marrying his father was doing real estate and you know we started talking about it and he was just talking about how great it was with seeing his dad like having this amazing lifestyle traveling around his rv and just you know having all these doors and all this stuff and so it kind of got me excited about it because i had never i'd never been like an entrepreneur but i guess it was in there somewhere but because of the way i was raised and everything i just never tapped into that and so you know when we decided to do it it was kind of like an adventure and it was more, it was really like about the lifestyle and the, the freedom that that could provide for us. So yeah, that's how, how I got started with all that, just being fired up by other people and seeing, actually seeing with my own eyes, like what that life could be like. It was very mm. motivating. That's great. So what was the first deal that you did? The first deal was a, but I think it was a, I want to say it was a probate. No, it wasn't a probate. We got it from a mailer. That's what it was. We had these crappy postcards that had like these dollar signs falling from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady called us from it and we went and checked it out and everything. It turned out it was a burn house. So it had been on fire. And instead of the people taking the insurance money and fixing it up, they actually 
bought another house, moved away. So the house had been sitting vacant for a while with all this fire damage. And then there was like a whole bunch of stuff with it. I don't remember all the details, but I do remember, I think they lost the deed and like all this other stuff. So then attorneys had to get involved. So we basically ended up flipping the deed, I think is what it was. Like we just flipped the piece of paper on it because he wanted to buy it, fix it up and whatever. So actually the first deal wasn't even a real, it was like all the difficult things at one time. And so we learned a ton from that, but it was also very, it was very challenging for a first deal. You know, so we were all excited, like we're going to buy this house. We're going to fix it up and it's going to be so cute and everything. It's like, oh, okay, we're not going to do that. But we just made $15,000 or whatever it was on it. And after that, I was hooked. So you essentially wholesaled that deal Mm -hmm. and it made a nice profit. That's awesome. So, and then what was your first flip? When you actually did a flip? First flip was, you know, I think it was another burnout house actually. <laughs> and I remember that was, it was Kentucky Avenue and we got this house. It had fire damage too. And we rehabbed it, fixed it up and sold it. And I will never forget selling that first flip. You know, it was crazy going through that whole process just in and of itself, you know, a fire damaged house, having to find a contractor making sure permits were right, all that stuff, you know, safety issues were addressed, all that kind of stuff. But then when we sold it, when we got the check, I was like, holy cow, this was my entire salary for a year at what I was making at the cubicle job. And so again, I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Why am I still in the cubicle? This is why we do real estate. I know it was great when you're not used to that. You know, when you're used to getting a paycheck, you know, your paycheck every two weeks is like $1,200 or $1,500 or whatever, you know, for me at the time was. And then you get a check for like, you know, 35000 It was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> That's great. So now a thousand plus flips later, what are you, what's your current focus? What's your current investment strategy? So right now I've really backed off the flips just because it's so I love doing flips. I love doing the transformation. I, I'm a creative person. I'm also an artist. So that part I really love and enjoy, but it is very time intensive Yes. and time's at a premium. And especially right now, you know, kids are home and now with school starting and homeschooling kids and all that kind of crazy stuff, I've kind of put flipping to the back burner and focus more on wholesaling. But also I went through a divorce early this year. And so I ended up losing a lot of properties that I had for passive income, like rentals and notes and things that I created over the years. So I'm looking to replace a lot of that passive income too. So I'm kind of focused on that. And then just launched a coaching program for female entrepreneurs in any business. It doesn't have to be real estate and just really focusing on that right now, just taking all that and being able to help others has just been really satisfying things for me to do lately. So we, we had flipped at the beginning of our, at the beginning of our career, but it is, it's a, it's a job. It's very active and yeah, I'm much more about the passive income streams nowadays. Oh yeah, too. me too. Yeah. It changes as you get older, you know, it's like your, yeah. your goals and stuff change. Now I'm looking more towards future, you know, like I don't want to keep doing this yeah. forever. <laughs> Eventually I'd like to retire, rest, just sit back and, you know, get my rent payments and my interest payments and yeah. Flipping and wholesaling are great to get you the chunks of money that you can mm-hmm. then put into the long-term 
hold stuff. For sure. Uh, and that's kind of been where I'm heading right now. Yeah. Beautiful. I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests and I, this is my favorite question because I feel like we get the most gold on this one. What was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Ooh. <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but we all do, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's like the beauty of, you know, we make mistakes and then we learn from them. I can think of several things, but I think probably like right now, I think one of my biggest mistakes has been, I would say, letting my personal life get too crazy to where it was making me, it was making it hard for me to concentrate on my business. Mm. So that, that's definitely a danger. You know, when you're going through things personally, and this is just in the past like two years, it really affects all aspects of your life, you know, and especially if you're a business owner. So that was a really big, big thing for me. And the thing that I learned from that was that I can have that, those things separated and I just need to be aware of when it's happening, when I'm losing focus, you know, that that's been a difficult thing for me. I think another thing too, a big one for me was just realizing like where you're strong and where you're weak. Yeah. And we have a tendency, especially as women, you know, we want to do everything and we think we can and that we should be able to handle everything. And so I held on to a lot of things for a lot longer than I should have instead of delegating them. But it is something that I learned a lot from and I became a master at delegating. So that definitely was a, a big lesson and being able to hire the right people to do the things that I'm not good at, you know, and just because you can do certain things doesn't mean that you should be doing them. So just as an example, you know, I was doing all the bookkeeping forever for a business because I have a background in that, but that really isn't where I should be spending my time. And so that was a big lesson learned, you know, like, okay, you got to start letting things go. You got to trust the people on your team. You got to trust the people that you hire or delegate to, to be able to handle the stuff and with the right systems and processes, like trusting that they can follow those and that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was a big thing for me. Those are both huge realizations. With regards to doing the things that, you know, knowing where you're strongest and where you're not so strong and delegating, that's definitely something that I've been focused on this year. I'm trying to stay as much as possible in my zone of genius mm-hmm. and then hiring people who are in their zones of genius to do that work. That's right. not in my zone of genius. <laughs> Having them do what they're awesome at and what I'm not so great at, even if I'm okay at it, it's much better that I just focus on the things where I'm great and they're great and let them do the work. For sure. And I think it's, it's kind of tough, right? Letting things go too, especially when you build something like when you build a business and it's kind of your baby, you know, and then, you know, trusting somebody else to handle your baby for you, you know? Yeah. Well, you you still have to oversee it. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's that's another mistake I learned. You can't delegate and just go, okay, take care of it. Goodbye. You know, (laughs) I learned that the hard way as well. You have to still keep your eyes on it, but you're not trust, but verify. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Beautiful. And what are you most proud of? I think what I'm most proud of is being able to take what we had and grow it so, you know, when we started, it was just the two of us at the time. And we operated that way for probably, I think, like 13 years, something like that. It was a long time, just the two of us. You know, we didn't have anybody. We did everything. We took all the calls. We managed all the projects. I managed all the notes, the rentals, the bookkeeping, the projects, the marketing, you know, all that. We did all that, just the two of us. It was a lot. 
And then when we started a software company, so my husband at the time, you know, we decided, well, you go run that, like start that, get that going. I'll keep the flipping business going. And so it was a great time for me to step in as the leader of that company and grow it. So hiring people, growing a team, learning how to do all that. Before I had never been a manager at any of my jobs. I was never a supervisor, never a leader or anything like that. So there was a ton of learning involved in that, but I was up for it and grew it into an eight figure business. And that was to me, I was really proud of that. You know, like I did that. I hire these people and, you know, we did a lot of good deals that were very profitable and without, you know, a lot of stress and strain. And it was, it was, I was really proud of that. Should be proud. That's great. And what do you attribute your success? I attribute my success to the people around me. I know that I could not have done any of that stuff by myself. And so I really hand it to my team for the people that were working with me to be able to do all that. Yeah. It's a team sport. It is. But you, you built that team. So I should. Yeah. But I always look at it as a, we did this kind of a thing. Yeah. Cause again, I wouldn't, I, there's no way I could have handled all that by myself. What advice do you have for building a successful team? I think first thing I would definitely say, you know, if you're looking to hire people or bring people into your organization is hiring for fit and culture first above, above anything else. And that was a lesson. That was a hard lesson I learned. I tried to hire people initially because I didn't know any better. Cause again, I'd never been a manager or leader or anything. So I had no frame of reference. I didn't know, you know, it was just like, okay, we need to plug somebody in the spot. So I ended up hiring all these cog in the wheel kind of people for a while yeah. and it never worked out. And then, you know, we sat down and took the time to go through, like really dig into what are our core values? What is our mission? What are our goals? You know, at a much higher level than it had just been with me and my husband at that time. Cause before it was just all about what he and I wanted, but now there's a team and we were trying to build it into an actual company, you know, so that's more people involved, more input, things like that. And so I think that doing that, like hiring, you know, figuring out what all those things were, like what are our core values, like what is our mission and stuff, but then like plugging people in that fit into that was really important. And I'm just really honest with people when I hire them, you know, it's like, here's where we're at. Here's where we want to be. This is our culture. You know, are you, you know, kind of reading people, you know, like, are you yeah. comfortable here? Like if I drop a curse word, what are you going to be like? <laughs> you know, are you okay with that? Cause sometimes I have a potty mouth, you know, <laughs> you know, and I have all these like snarky kind of things in my office. I'm not a mean person, but I just enjoy that kind of humor. And so it's like, if you aren't down with that, then maybe you shouldn't be working here kind of a thing. I don't want people who are easily offended. You know, we have a very open culture about talking about things and, you know, I always want input from people. And I think that's another big thing when you're hiring is just to hire people and letting them know that you want their input. They're part of that team. You know, don't be afraid to come to me with a suggestion to make something better or a different way to do something, you know, and if it, if it works great, if it doesn't, you know, if I don't want to do that, I'll tell you why, because maybe it's something we did in the past and it didn't work for this reason, you know, that kind of thing. So just like really open, good communication and hiring people that are willing to be that way or who are already that way is really big. (laughs) A cog in the wheel does not work. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's also great that you created a culture where that's okay, because a lot of cultures, that's not welcome, right? Yeah. What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? 
I think I would have to say, I wish I would have known one that it's okay to ask for help and two, probably how to delegate. I think we went way too long trying to do too much ourselves and it really created a situation where our lives completely revolved around the business instead of the other way around. Yeah. So now my focus is I want a lifestyle business. I want to be able to work when I want to, to travel, to be with my kids. That's what's important to me. And I serve that rather than serving, like having my whole life revolve around running this business that just drains me of all joy and life and, <laughs> and yeah. everything. That's the whole point, I think, ultimately, of you know, doing real estate and getting yourself financial freedom so you can be free and have a lifestyle you, you desire as opposed to being a slave to your business. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. And I was that way for a very long time. And it's like, man, I'm getting kind of tired and burned out and I'm getting kind of old and I got a lot of kids and <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of things happening here. I need a break. I wish I would have hired people a lot sooner or made that move to kind of take things off my plate a lot sooner than I did. Well, good that you have that now. It is time for our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and desire. But before we do that, what is the best way for people to connect with you, find out more about what, what you do? Sure. I have a website that I just launched recently. So it's themelissajohnson.com. So there's info there about kind of who I am, what I'm doing. Also on LinkedIn and Facebook, just as Melissa Johnson, Melissa McRae Johnson. I don't know why that's on there like that. <laughs> <laughs> People always keep putting me like that. And it's like, that's my name, but I don't ever go by that. Just Melissa Johnson. And then my Facebook business page is Melissa Johnson REI. So people can go there. And then Instagram, Melissa Johnson 8 is where I have a lot of content. So I'm putting out a lot of content, just things about, you know, how to grow your business. If you're an entrepreneur, things to watch out for, personal development, a lot of that kind of stuff on there. We will share the links in the show notes. Okay. So now it is time for our famed inner show, Trinity. What is your brag? What's one thing you're celebrating? So my brag is launching the E3 coaching program. That's the three E's are to encourage, educate, and empower female entrepreneurs. So I'm very, very excited about that. I'll be launching a challenge with that soon on Facebook. So you heard it here first. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm well pretty bragged. excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> very well bragged. And what is one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful for a lot of things, but I think right now, just because of the season of my life that I'm in, I'm just most grateful for the love and support and the friendships that I have in my life right now. I just feel like I'm surrounded by very supportive people in my network and that are just the best women. I, I have met so many amazing women these past few months that just, you know, like you and, you know, just all these other great women that I've been talking to. And it's just very... It's like you need that. I need that right now. <laughs> so it's been great. Hey, goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. And last but not least, what's one desire? If I had one desire, it would be for 
to be able to reach a lot, to reach women, to just, I, I would just love for women to feel more empowered to make decisions on their own. You know, I've been talking to a lot of women with coaching and stuff. And it's like, there's this fear almost of making a decision about doing something. And there's all these other, you know, like, well, I have to talk to my husband about this, which I understand if that's a respect thing. I'm not dogging on that at all, but just, you know, having the courage to make a decision to make a change for yourself and not worry about what anybody else thinks or anybody else's approval or anything like that, just for women to feel empowered to do those things. Because I think there's a lot of women out there that want to take a next step, but are afraid to, and maybe they don't feel supported doing that. And so I, I would just, I would love for that feeling to go out. And that's kind of why I do what I do, because I want to create a ripple effect. I want to empower and help somebody so that they'll go out and do that for somebody else and just, and keep that going, I think is just, it's so important. I'm raising four daughters. You know, that is something that I have, I'm very invested in. All my girls are, are power women, <laughs> even the 12 year old. <laughs> Love that. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being on the show. You guys can connect with her at themelissajohnson.com. You can connect with me at reigoddesses.com or at reigoddesses on all the social. But definitely go on the website and find out more about our events, Get a, do a, the free training on how to get started in real estate investing, even as a busy professional woman. You can download a copy of the new my new book, Investing in Real Estate from $1 to $1 million, Investing Strategies for Every Budget and Every Goddess. There's a lot of goodies on there, so definitely check out reigoddesses.com and subscribe to the podcast, share with all your friends, and, and join us next week for another Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. Bye-bye. Thank you. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.